So hello, everybody. My name is Danielle Moxley, and I'm the founder of You're Not Alone. And I know I say it all the time, but I'm so uber excited to have my guest Faith with me. Honestly, I don't even know how she popped up in my life, to be honest. It was just one day she was on Life Group, and we were here. And she has been such a ball of fire to be around. She's been so great. Honestly, Faith just up and moved, to be honest. Just told us, hey, guys, I'm leaving. And we were all like, okay, I guess by faith, like we made this connection with her and she just disappeared. But I know that she's doing great. And honestly, I was the one who said, randomly called her <laughs> maybe 30 <laughs> minutes ago and said, Faith, get on the episode, do a podcast thing episode with me. And I'm so grateful for her just willingness to do it because this stuff is not easy. And she just said yes. So that says something about her character. It also says something about her trust in me, which I don't understand. So without <laughs> further ado, I just want to introduce Faith to you guys. Faith, say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. My name is Faith, and I'm so glad to be here with you all. All right. So like I said, I called Faith randomly. This is a, the most random episode. I was just feeling it like, let's go. So this is going to be literally a conversation because I think sometimes when we have an idea and a concept that we think there always has to be a goal. And yes, goals are great. But sometimes in a conversation, when you set a goal, you miss the little things. You miss the things that make it important, that make it meaningful. Because Faith has a story to tell whether she thinks she does or not. <laughs> and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So Faith, how are you feeling today? How was work? How was school? Work was work. Um, I got through it. School, you know, it's been a little challenging going back to school at this age. I mean, I know I'm young, but I feel old sometimes. Um, but, you know, it's been going okay. I wouldn't say great, but it's been going okay. So I'm grateful for that. So I did mention that you moved to Georgia. Do you want to tell everybody why you would move from Maryland to Georgia? I actually moved to North Carolina. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying Georgia. Girl, I'm seeing you further away. Go ahead. You're good. Um, I moved to North Carolina. My grandma was diagnosed with cancer, I think at the end of 2020. And um, the family had to figure out, you know, how to take care of her, how to... Um, get her to you know her doctor's appointments and things and I am the oldest grandchild so it kind of fell on me and I was happy to go as well so I've been here for a little over a year now but everything's looking great well that's good that's good but I want to know too how was it to do you know move your whole life in that year and then also be with your grandma during the pandemic during the height of COVID and then the hospitals and everything how was that for you dealing with everything I think I was a little naive going into it. I thought it was going to be really simple, but um, it was extremely hard. I, I don't think I told, I don't, I didn't tell a lot of my family about how hard it was, but uh, emotionally it was really hard. And then feeling the weight of everything um, was difficult as well. And with COVID, I had to be extremely careful because, you know, she had cancer. She was going through, you know, procedures. I had to make sure whoever I was around you know, they had to be vaccinated or had to be very cautious of people coming into the home. So everything was on high alert. I felt like I was waking up just to, you know, kind of take care of her and put her needs before mine, which is extremely hard for me. Um, it taught me a whole lot of things. <laughs> 
but you know we got through it so I know I guess from being through cancer with my dad and how everything um was I know that it was difficult for me and you did say something like putting your needs before putting your grandmother's needs before your own I know that when I was dealing with my dad, I felt like I had to put my needs below everybody else's. Like I had to wear this strong facade of being like, everything's okay. I'm not stressed. I'm not doing anything. Like we're good because I had a little sibling. I had, you know, I was the oldest. So I didn't have the luxury to do all that. So for you, did you feel that same burden too of like you couldn't express your emotions because of everything that your grandmother was going through? Absolutely. I think, um, because honestly it felt like because I in the past I've babysat my little cousins I think for like a three-month span from the time I woke up was basically attending to that person that's how it felt like all over again so I was working if I wasn't working at the time it was the same thing and I felt like if I complained about my own issues I was being a little ungrateful because I was healthy you know and she wasn't so I was like, why would I complain about something if, you know, my body's disease free at this moment, I have so much to be grateful for. Um, so that weighed on me a lot. Um, even doctor's appointments, because this type of cancer, we found out it could be genetic. And it made me question, you know, my timeline of like being a mother and getting, getting married and things like that. Even as I was going through all that stuff internally, I still didn't voice it because, you know, I felt like. I felt like it wasn't as important at the time. So I definitely kept a lot of things to myself um, just to be strong. I guess I'm kind of shocked because I think a lot of times when we go through, I'm going to call them traumatic events Mm. because I feel like they are, regardless of how small or big that they are, anything that shifts our idea of how our life was supposed to go becomes a traumatic event, at least to myself. That could be totally different to somebody else. But I feel like whenever we go through traumatic events, it really does make us accelerate our grow up process where we feel like I lost years because I didn't get to be naive. I didn't get to have that time to, you know, dream and fantasize about something that may not be a reality to me. And it's interesting just because you said that basically you had to start analyzing how you see your relationships, how you see um, if your future and things like that. And I kind of want to apologize to you, even though it's not my fault, like that you had (laughs) to, you know, realize that your life is different from everybody else's, but how are you coping with that? Like the idea that this is genetic and this could affect your future if you do end up having it too. Um, I mean, the (laughs) girl, I remember when we were in the doctor's office and they were giving me my options. They're like, they were saying things like, oh, you're at the age where if you do have it, we would suggest, you know, a double mastectomy. That's basically losing all your breasts. And I was like, I am 25. Like that is the last thing I want to do right now. Um, But it was only for a short period of time. I kept it to myself, but I got tested. I am not positive for the gene. Thank God for that. Um, But during that time period, I definitely prayed a lot. (laughs) Girl, I've never clung to God for my life. I I was just like, take this away. I don't want this. You know, this is not, I've done everything right. 
I've always been nice to people, you know, I've always ate good food, you know, I exercise, why is this happening to me? So I honestly just had to cling to God. Um, My friends were the biggest help to me. Um, I got to vent to them, things I couldn't say to my family, I said to them, and it's helped me cope with, you know, the smaller things that come out in life afterwards, but I'm doing fine now. I'm doing really great right now. Um, I feel like I'm in a much better place, much more at peace, regardless of what's happening. It's given me a type of like just mentality of how to handle problems that come um, come that I come across. So it was a it wasn't a great experience, but it definitely strengthened me a lot. It's that why mentality, you know, once mm-hmm. we're in the middle of a storm, it's very, very, very hard when you're in the middle of a storm to see any good and I remember sitting at this location and this person had just lost their husband. And mm-hmm. I think I was in the church. I was sitting in a church and this lady had just lost her husband and everybody was getting up being like, it's okay. They're with God. Wow. Like, you know, trying to be like, look on the bright side, but not acknowledging the pain. At that moment. <laughs> yes. Like we have to let people feel what they are feeling and those right. emotions and those striving, like there is a war constantly inside of our bodies of trying to just mm-hmm. not hormones, our emotions, our mental, our spiritual, physical health, that even tell somebody that, oh, you're in a storm, but you don't have to worry because God is going to do, that's the most condescending thing that you could ever say to somebody, and I think that sometimes, or a lot of times, religion is weaponized in that way to be like, yes, you're feeling this pain, don't feel it, move on, because God, like, yes, but no, let me feel it. And those why moments, like those why moments are those moments that you really try to figure out who you are. And it's on those one-on-one, those one-on-one moments when you are all alone, when you're sitting in that darkness and you're staring at that wall, those walls, because you can't sleep, that you truly start diving into yourself and you start Mm -hmm. realizing things. How were those moments? Because I know you had a lot of those moments in this season of your life. Um, um, those, you get very isolated. I think I, it kind of showed me the type of personality I had grown up with, kind of like, you know, how you show more of a facade at certain times towards certain people. And it, it kind of broke that for me because, because so much was building up. I couldn't like pretend like something wasn't wrong anymore mm-hmm. um so it kind of opened that floodgates for me um where I had to speak it out loud it exposed a lot of my own insecurities that I kept from a lot of people it exposed my lack of understanding of the word it exposed my lack of trust or even faith in my relationship with God yeah, it just, it definitely, it just exposed me in the rawest way ever. And it was so hard. <laughs> it was difficult to face it. And I mean, it's all for the better, but it was painful. Um, I've always thought, you know, I, I was strong. I always thought, you know, I'm all God all the way. You know, I believe in you to my death. <laughs> but it definitely exposed the different cracks that I had that, you know, I knew I was hiding. There are things that I didn't know I was hiding as well. 
think that's all I could say about that period. <laughs> Dude, but you said a lot just now. Do you really, it may not seem like you said a lot, but you said a lot for that season of your life because it was only a year, like two years ago when you moved out there. You know, 2020 is when you said you left height of the pandemic so to not feel these things would mm-hmm. be kind of absurd <laughs> because mm-hmm. you went through the tra- the trauma that was happening in your family just as your grandmother's going through this then you went through the pandemic then you went through the pandemic in the south whether people want to say it or not north carolina is the south so you went through the pandemic in this all south. right <laughs> yeah you know and then you were still going to school and working in the midst of that it basically sounds like somebody's like ripped your skin off your body and said, okay, now go swim in some alcohol. Pounding. Oh my God. I think it was the first time where I felt like somebody had to rely on me um, for a lot. Um, you know, at home, you know, you have your parents. I'm helping with my siblings. They have parents that take care of a lot of it. But here I felt like everything was on me and I think for like a period of time, I wasn't working. So I was literally just using my savings. I was helping pay the rent in the apartment because she, you know, had to move to a different apartment while she was going through treatment. I was paying rent, you know, the food, a lot of the utilities, all out of my savings. So money was weighing on me. Finding the job was weighing on me. And then on top of that, everything else. (laughs) It's crazy how when you're in it, you're not thinking about everything but now I'm just like wow (laughs) I should have just crumbled (laughs) (laughs) hey but there was moments like you said that there are moments you felt like giving up but you didn't and I want to say like I'm proud of you and that you're doing a good job because you survived a storm that would have taken other people out and Mm -hmm. in the midst of you surviving you learned so much about yourself because like you said you were dealing with money raise helping take care of your grandmother you went from being somebody's dependent to be Mm -hmm. somebody's caregiver in a time where even that like cancer to a lot of people is a life or death sentence. So you in a sense had at times had to be strong and fan and feed your grandmother's flame in hopes that she wouldn't like, you know, hers wouldn't go out as she's going through treatment, as she's going through all this stuff that entails. But yet here you are standing here. You are like, I can talk about it now. But there was definitely a season where you were like, I can't talk about this. You can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you're doing doing amazing, to be honest. Quoting that little Kim Kardashian, you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing. (laughs) Literally, I like applaud you on it because I know firsthand how difficult it is. And I'm, I can't say I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's I know. I'm, like, I'm trying not to say I'm sorry, but it's one of those things where you're like, I feel sorry that you had to go through it as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry you had to grow up faster than you thought you had to. But with that, with the growing up faster. So what y'all don't know is Faith and I have been very active on Instagram. And in the midst of our active conversations and our active bantering, I don't even know when it started. I don't know if it started random. or I started it. So random. Yes, this random conversation has became a thing where I personally believe <laughs> that I'd rather swim in battery acid than propose to a man. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'm only bringing this up because Faith brought it up first when she said her future so how is the idea and the concept of relationships, because we've been having a lot of conversations, 
how is that relationship world, your ideology of relationships shifted since you moved out to North Carolina and dealing with your grandmother? I honestly have not had space for that for so long. Um, I think that's something I'm struggling with because <laughs> I don't want to feel content in not wanting to seek relationships, if that makes any sense. Um, I know you're supposed to be content by yourself before, you know, you start seeking your spouse or whatever, but I, f- I fear that I'm too comfortable in singleness and not wanting um, to pursue relationships right now. That's something I'm working on right now, trying to push myself out of my boundaries. Mm, the demographic down here is also a little different for me. <laughs> I'm going to have to be a little more more (laughs) open-minded being down here. Faith went from Maryland to um, North Carolina, you know, for all. So I apologize, y'all, if y'all hear any snoring, if you hear any snot, any noises extra. This dog next to me is literally living his best life and letting everybody know he is here. So I apologize for the extra noises. But keep going. I'm sorry, Faith. Because Maryland, where we live, with Germantown, Gaithersburg, Rockville, literally, I've been around diverse people my whole life. Now here, it's kind of like the demographics has changed, so I definitely have to be a little bit more open-minded down here, um, but I'm open. Definitely, that's something I wrote at the beginning of the year, being not, oh, I have to have a man by this time or get married by this time. I said, God, give me the strength to open up my heart to somebody, you know, or be open to the process at least. Um, Yeah, there's that. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Hey, being open is the first step because girl, I went to school in the South. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) It's a different world. It's Mm -hmm. different mannerisms. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to get used to. So, hey. I hope to hear one day that you got a story about somebody who swept you off your feet and they, they possibly showed up in a pickup truck. Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you never know oh. what comes in all shapes and sizes, all wagons and wheels. I don't want to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find a different car. <laughs> all right, Nissan. <laughs> Nissan is fine. Or a Prius. You know, I don't even know cars. I'm just rattling off the cars I know off the top of my head. We got like two more. I don't know about Prius. I'll take it in the Tesla would be nice. No. Okay, y'all. So she's picky. Did you hear that? You can't show up anywhere in anything. But yeah, she's open. Open with standards. Open. I'm open with a whole lot of standards, you know? Hey, and it's okay. That is okay to have standards. I think it's funny to talk about dating when people are like, don't have standards. I'm like, Yes, but no. (laughs) Because what what are our standards? What do we mean? Like, I'm not going to say you have to be a millionaire because your girl's not a millionaire, you know, but like, I can't say you can't put your hands on me. That's a standard. Mm, That's right. No, yeah. People always, they think when you have standards, you are being too bougie or um, you're being, what's the word? Um, Picky or you're being, or you're excluding a whole lot of people. Standard just means I have a limit <laughs> to what you can do, <laughs> what you can do to me, what I can accept from you. That's all it means. And we should all have that. Yes, my standard. Is, the, be willing. The standard yeah. just is the bar can't be on the floor. Like, I, uh, 
I could put the bar on the floor. Let me at least pick it up off the floor, please. And I hope that somebody else who, if I, whenever I get in a relationship, they have standards too and things That's that they expect out of me as well. And again, the bar can't be on the floor that I'm giving to them, you know, equal, equal bar. Let's put it somewhere. Don't have to be in the sky because I can't hurt all over that, but it definitely can't be something I can step over easily. Like, nope. <laughs> like, ooh, she blinks. Ooh, she breathes. Ooh, she's got two eyes. Like, she got on her, like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I got two eyes, but I got them corrected. So now a whole I'm, lot of people got two eyes, you know? Right. But like, <laughs> She can see, she can see now. <laughs> like she couldn't see before, but she can see now. What is one thing you wish you could have told yourself before you moved out to Georgia? Like if you could go back in time from our last life group, what is one thing you wish you could tell yourself? I tell myself. <clears throat> um what would I tell myself? Everything is gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what's why I grew up. I've always had this anxious personality. Like whenever things happen, I have to sit there and think about the various ways it could go wrong. I'm telling you, it's such a terrible mentality. But with every situation I'm sitting here, what are the different ways it could go wrong? How can I prevent that? How can I solve it? And I feel like telling myself everything is going to work out regardless of how it feels right now. It would have taken so much stress off of me, especially my heart. I feel like I have so many anxiety attacks because of it. It would have eased my mind about money issues, eased my mind about just being provi- being a provider or just small things. Everything is going to be okay. It doesn't look like it right now, but it's going to be okay. I definitely would have told myself that save myself some palpitations and here's my question too on top of that would you have listened to yourself absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not like what is wrong with you that makes no sense <laughs> everything's falling apart there's no way to hate. no yeah dude that you make me laugh because I was sitting here too thinking would I listen to myself I told myself everything be okay I'd be like I forget out of my face I know I know you are my face but get out of my face like <laughs> Yeah, we were not, we're not listening to ourselves. We're not like, it, mm, it's okay though. But it, A, everything is going to be okay. I think it's interesting too, because I always sit there going, would I change anything that I went through if I had the ability to change it? And I said, no, because I would not be who I am today. If you could change anything in your lifetime, even like your grandmother going through cancer or any of that stuff, would you have changed it? In my life? Mm-hmm. I've changed oh my god yeah (laughs) what would you have changed um I think one of the things I wish I had done differently was moved out of my parents place earlier Mm -hmm. um I say that because going back home it kind of derailed my emotional stability for a bit um and I felt like coming here also became a form of escape from my house Mm -hmm. so um I didn't like that I was looking at coming here that way so if I could change anything that would be it but the rest it'll be fine you know it made me who I am today to be honest 
you're like, I'm, I would have moved out where your girl just moved back in from here. I said, peace. And I said, no, I would have moved. I would have moved out with my aunt. No. Oh, okay. With my parents. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. I got you. Yeah. So what is one thing you would tell somebody younger than you? Hmm. Oh, that's hard. I talk about this every day, but I never know what to say. Um, shoot. Somebody younger. I don't want to say anything cliche because I hate when people do that to me. <laughs> if if the cliche is in your heart, you can say it, but then you got to back it up. Hmm. I would say it's okay for people to help you. Mm. Um, I, I think once you turn like, when you turn like 18, you're like, I'm an adult. I'm going to do it all by myself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I've always tried to do it all by myself, but I'm just like at the point where I'm just like, can you guys help me do this? It's, it's, (laughs) I would tell people it's okay to ask for help or even receive help. Because a lot of people will give you help, but you don't want to receive it. I would tell them it's okay to receive help. It's okay to ask for help for young people. Definitely. You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. Hey, especially in this social media, highly driven world where everybody has to have their life together by their 18. I'm going to let you know that I must be, I must be girl rock bottom. I hit it. And I'm just going to be a millionaire by 22 selling all your products. I'm and you know who's not me you know who would love to be a millionaire me but you know who's not me <laughs> like, and it's like so this generation it's hard for them it's mm-hmm. so hard because people get successful not overnight but you know increase income in such a short amount of time everybody feels like that's how it's supposed to be all the time so I feel bad for them when it comes to that hey yeah and asking for help too will help with that, like that sustainability, because I watched a video and it was a young TikToker and he was just saying that even though he has all these fans, he makes all this money, he is very afraid because of the fact that he does not know what else, um, he how he stays relevant. Mm. He's like, he doesn't know how hot long this high will last because of how quickly he felt like it happened, even though mm. he knows it wasn't that fast, but to other people it's fast. He feels like his mm. flame is going to burn out faster. And he's constantly afraid that there's going to be a moment when nobody recognizes him, when there mm. are no more brand deals, when there is no more money coming in, when he yeah. does, because he did not invest in other avenues. He's like, what will I do next? Wow. And so, yeah, like asking for help is a huge thing because asking for help reminds you that you're human too yes and it reminds me you that you're not alone not alone at all never alone yeah and I think but you know but when we go through things in our life we sit there and we think that we're alone we constantly sit there like I'm alone nobody understands my struggle nobody understands my pain because I feel like that isolation starts to really creep in and I'm so happy, like literally that you got on here because you were even like, girl, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. <laughs> we had a full conversation on, not, you probably gave me maybe 10, 15% about what you went through. Oh my goodness. But literally you had a whole story that in points where you felt like, and at parts where you felt like you were alone, mm-hmm. that you were isolated. And like, so even just saying you can ask for help and knowing that you're not alone. It's such an amazing thing. And really the premise, like I said, of this whole podcast is just the conversation. 
How are we feeling? What's going on in your life? Because your story has the ability to change somebody else's for the better, no matter how big or small it is in your eyes. It could be something so monumental in somebody else's. That is so true. Yeah. So Faith, I want to say thank you for joining me because honestly, this was a bomb conversation, girl. You really did just put up with my dog, making all this noise, running back and forth across his camera. But also you did drop like a huge word on us and just reminding us that no matter what battles we face, as you said, not to be cliche, but you're, you're going to make it through it. You're going to survive. Yeah. So I am thankful. Do you have any other last minute words or message that you want to leave for the listeners? Um, I just want to say I, I love this podcast. I actually listen to you sometimes when I go to work. So I am so proud of you for pushing through um stepping out of your boundaries and doing this this is really it's really nice oh well I did not expect you to say that but I appreciate it <laughs> I know I sound really like selfish I hype myself up but it's nice to hear that from somebody too to say oh, you're doing a great job sweetie <laughs> thank you thank you thank you all right fam so until next time remember that you are love that you matter and that you are not alone so have a great day bye Bye, everyone.